welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lewis. I am really excited to have you back again this week. And this week, we're going to be focusing our conversations on a few different resources that are available for you as a father to be able to get more engaged in your daughter's lives, but also to act as an advocate for your daughters in many different ways. Fathering Together is all about helping dads to be the best dads that they can be. And many times as fathers, we have to step up. We've got to step up and we've got to be able to have our voice count when it comes to advocating for our daughters where they are now and where they will be in the future. Starting off today, I am really excited to be able to talk with Joe Sacedo, who is the Equity Program Manager for the Partnership of College Completion. Now, you might be saying, now, what does that have to do with a resource for me as a father? And actually, Joe has stepped in, he's graciously stepped in to lead up the efforts for a brand new group that we have started within Fathering Together called Dads for Racial Equity. So really excited to be able to talk to Joe today to let you know more about what this group is all about and how it's going to help you to be a better father. Joe, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Chris, for the invite. You know, it's my pleasure to to have you here. You know, you and I go back a number of years into the work that we both used to do directly in higher education in, in, in engaging students in different ways. And now we're engaging fathers in different ways. So I guess first and foremost, talk to me about the this new group and and what was some of the impetus be, behind starting this group? Yeah. So first off, before I forget, I just want to say thank you, a big thank you to you, Chris, and, and uh, your partner, Brian Anderson, on creating the Fathering Together community. Um, I've learned a lot uh, in the last uh, two years and connecting with you all, and I appreciate it again any opportunity to connect and and be a resource, I'm there. So thank you for that. The Dads for Racial Equity group really came from a conversation actually with Brian, who I've known, you know, we used to work together at Loyola University, Chicago, he in campus ministry, and I was at Multicultural Affairs uh, at the time. And recently he had mentioned to me that there had been this formation of a Dads for Gender Equity group. And he said, you know, these are priority areas in terms of what we're noticing, the need to sort of help dads who raise, you know, want to raise their children to be uh, more equitable minded um, as it relates to gender, especially if you're a dad of a daughter and wanting to make sure that we're doing our part to raise that awareness and, and provide skill sets so that all of our kids and families can can do our part to one day, I would say, eradicate gender-based violence. Um, and then on the other hand, looking at race, how do we raise um, anti-racist children? And before we can do that with our kids, we actually have to spend time in unpacking that for ourselves as, as fathers. So yeah, a conversation kind of sparked this idea. And then I was able to really connect with other, I would say, subject matter experts who have put out resources nationally, locally around race equity and drilling it down to what might be most digestible for dads, no matter if they're raising, you know, they're, they're raising a one-year-old or someone who's more experienced and has, is a father of adult children, that they could find some sort of entry point to the conversation around uh, race and equity. For someone that is listening to this right now, Joe, that is saying, 
what does that mean? What does racial equity mean? I mean, maybe they haven't unpacked it for themselves right now. How do you define racial equity? Sure. I, I think, I guess before I can begin to define that, we kind of have to sort of take a few steps back and understand, first off, and acknowledge that for many folks in our society, right, I'll just kind of examine the U.S. In our society, for generations, there are communities, and particularly here, Black communities, African-American and communities of color, Indigenous folks, who there is a real history of inequity and justice, right? You know, it goes back to slavery. I would say in terms of our Indigenous populations, it, it goes back to colonization, right? From European folks uh, coming to the U.S., landing here, and, and, and there's a whole history behind that. And, and, you know, that would take, I would say, much time to talk about. But before we can begin to understand equity, we have to kind of understand our history. And, and I think that's sort of been the missing link in terms of our public education here in the U.S. and the ways, the messages that, that I've received growing up in my life. And I think for many of us, no matter what part of the country we, we grew up in, there has been this absence of, of the acknowledgement of history. And so fast forward to now, current day, modern day U.S. history, we're seeing that there, there is this push for understanding, okay, there's, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, inequities and justices at the personal level, at the interpersonal level, looking at you and I in sort of where we ex experience injustice. But let's look at this from like a, a, a systems level, sort of institutional level, if you will. And racial equity is, is, I think, requires us, I'll say dads in this case, to understand and examine who in our society is being left out of opportunities to access healthcare, for example, who is being left out and excluded by policies that exist, uh, who's being left out of access to a quality education, for example, or opportunities for employment, gainful employment, right? And the ability to buy and own a home, for example, right? Like these are just examples of institutions, but I think when we talk about racial equity, it's understanding that there's some of us because of how we, who we were, because of where we were born, because of the skin color that we were born into. You know, these are things that we weren't, we didn't have a say in what race or ethnicity we were sort of born into. It just happens, right? But we have to understand that there are some of us who experience more privileges as a result of who we are and who our families are and what access and, and uh, that we have to. You know, what are the pivotal points for myself when I was really delving into this, when I was going through my master's degree and looking at racial equity from a different lens, was a book that I read called Education of a Wasp by Lois Stalvey. It was a book from the 1970s, but it was an amazing book that looked at, at privilege in a completely different way, it kind of flipped the script because it took someone that grew up in a privileged way as a Caucasian in society. And she then was pushed into having to live in a area of Cleveland that she would have been the minority. And she started to see that there were many privileges that she did grow up with that she didn't realize that it was unconscious and there was unconscious bias that was there. And that kind of got me starting to think about things in different ways. And I think there are many times in each of our lives that you have to start to think about that for yourself. And I am guessing this group is going to do some of that work to try to unpack this with individuals, make people start to look at things in a little bit different way. But, but I don't want to assume that. So talk to me about if someone comes and decides to join Dads for Racial Equity, what are they going to find there 
And what are some of the goals that you have in, in leading this group forward? Sure. Yeah, I think what they're going to find, and, and I'll, I'll be honest and say, you know, full disclosure, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be the uh, racial equity expert, right? I think uh, I'm certainly, you know, and as a father, I've been a father for six years now. My oldest just turned six recently. And there's a lot that I don't know, you know, and, and I think uh, I just want to put that out there because I think sometimes the barrier for any person willing to enter a conversation about racial equity or gender equity or equity as a whole is that, hey, I, I just don't know enough, or maybe I don't have the, the formal education to be able to speak confidently about this. So I'm just not going to, you know, engage or connect. And so I think, you know, with that in mind, and I had really good conversations with Brian about this and other dads who were, you know, played a role in, in, in the formation of this group. I said, okay, where, where is it that we can respect that, you know, dads are going to come at this from so many different perspectives. And I, I'll tell you, my, I'm a Latino, third uh, generation Mexican-American from uh, San Antonio, Texas. So I, I say that to say that that really has shaped and formed a lot of what I've thought about race in, in my upbringing and, and adulthood. And, and so a lot of that, those experiences um, and who I am, uh, ethnically speaking, racially, that informs how I choose to parent, right? And so I say that because I think when our hope is that with dads who you know are willing to connect with this uh, Dads for Racial Equity group on Facebook, is that they're going to find just some access to some information. We're interested in really just equipping dads with some articles, some data. I think it's important to understand that there's research. We're not making this up, but I also want to acknowledge I'm not, you know, someone who has a doctoral degree in social justice education. I do have some experience, definitely a master's in, in uh, education, but there are child psychologists who definitely have spent decades of and much of their research around these topics of how does race take shape when we're talking about, you know, early childhood into adulthood across the lifespan? And so I, I would say dads are going to come to this face group, Facebook group and they'll encounter some language. I think a lot of times, too, there's there's this a lot of unknowns around what's the right vocabulary to use. Um, and for me, I, it, it's taken me years of experience even working you know, in a university environment to, to understand and have the comfort with using words like equity words like inclusion and breaking that down for people so that they can understand and, and they take that knowledge and then, you know, apply it to their own life. And so there'll be some vocabulary, foundational, you know, knowledge around racial literacy. And there's also going to be this direct connect to how does this, why should this matter if you are a caregiver, right, to, to young children, to adolescents, like, why does this matter and, you know, so, so they'll kind of find a mix of, of education resources like that. And the hope is that dads are going to also reflect. There's going to be a fair amount of reflection, I would say, for this to be meaningful. Dads, including myself, have to really sit with the information, the content, and then sit and reflect and say, like, what, what is my role if I am trying to raise children to be empathetic, sympathetic to the needs and, and plights of everybody else around them, to be respectful and to also, you know, demonstrate love for their neighbor and, and for other people in our lives. Like my job to do that is to also understand, like, where are my biases as they relate to race in this case? And how does that show up? And how am I passing along? What is it that I want to pass along to my kids? And for me, I've, I've come to realize in the last few years of doing anti-racism work as a parent, and then certainly as a, a higher education professional, I want to make sure that I'm doing the work 
for myself, with myself, and and now with my children. I think it is important that all of us be good, continue to learn and to grow as parents, because the more that we learn, grow, and are willing to learn and grow, are, we're going to be able to help our kids to be able to do the exact same. And it sounds like this group is going to allow for people to do that. Now, sometimes I think people get hung up on words. And they'll see racial equity and they'll think, well, that's not for me. I, I don't need to I don't need to do that. What would you say to people in that regard that might hear the words racial equity and say, I don't know if that's for me? Sure. You know, first off, and I, I appreciate you, Chris, raising this point because <clears throat> when I hear you describe that, I also think right away of this overarching topic of race, <laughs> racism, I should say, racism in our country. There's a lot of people that are, and they have good intentions behind what they're saying, but I've heard so many, so many times, uh, especially from white colleagues and even, you know, persons of, of color who are raising families, they say, you know, I, I think if I'm to talk about racism, you know, this is only going to sort of stoke the flames or, you know, I want to raise my children to not look at people because of the color of their skin. And while on one hand, I can respect that and understand that because I heard that from family members throughout my life, uh, you know, to say that, oh, we want to raise people to see each other as human beings first. The reality is that that the way systems are set up in this country, the way institutions like, you know, education, you know, church and other, you know, uh, facets of our life here, they're not set up that way to ignore race. In fact, they're by design, they're they're meant to exclude and, and leave people out, like I said earlier. So I think for anyone who might sort of have that idea in mind of like racial equity, not for me, I would really challenge a dad to sort of take a step back and think about like, let's first think about like, who is my child or children? Who are they exposed to, right? What's what's the makeup of our community, right? Whether that's in the home, in our school, you know, if they go to school, like what, what are the kids like? Are we friends? Let's think about our friend group, our kids' friends group. Who are we socializing? Who are we spending time with the most? And let's break down, you know, let's track What's the racial ethnic background of those people in their lives? And I raise this issue because kids and and there's documented research. This is also on the uh, Facebook group uh, as a resource. But there is definitely documented data uh, research to show that kids as early as three months are already sorting out, making connections, sorting out people's faces based on the, the color of their skin, right? They're already starting to have an inkling of like there's difference. They're recognizing difference. And if we as parents or caregivers don't have conversations, don't acknowledge or name, you know, those things, we wait, you know, let's say five or six years. By that point, when our children turn six, there's documented research to show that those kids have already formed some racist beliefs, right? They've, they've already sort of made those judgment calls and whether we as parents want to acknowledge it or not, it's there. And so again, a lot of this is subconscious, um, but kids are, you know, you know this as a parent, the kids are sponges and they absorb and observe everything. And I say this definitely because my toddler's always, you know, parroting now things that I say. <laughs> and and I tend to have, you know, I, I, I tend to curse with the best of them. And, you know, I, I initially I was really embarrassed, uh, like, hey, don't say those words, you know, in front of mixed company. But now I, I say, OK, I don't want to shame them, you know, and saying the wrong thing. And now I say these are words that, you know, only mommy and daddy are using or we use them in the house, <laughs> but not in public. But I say that to say that kids are absorbing this very early in their lifespan. And for dads who feel like, hey, I just don't want to go there. 
with these topics because they're difficult and they're challenging. Uh, but again, the reason why we haven't made a lot of, I would say, enough strides in this country around race relations is because we haven't been honest with ourselves about our historical legacy of racism. Well, thank you. Thank you for for being honest and open about that as well. I think that it's important for everyone to really reflect and to think about that in a completely different way and to be able to look at oneself, to be able to say, where do I fall in this spectrum? I encourage everyone, no matter where you are, to be open-minded enough to go and to check out this brand new group from Fathering Together, Dads for Racial Equity. We'll have a link in our notes today so that you can check it out for yourself. But go and learn more. This is for everyone. This is for all dads out there. And all of us have a role to play in being able to make our world more equitable for ourselves, but also for our children. And uh, Joe, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for talking about this. Thank you for being a part of this because it is important work. And it's definite. I'm really excited to be able to see where this group goes in the future. Yeah, so am I. I really appreciate the opportunity here and, and really look forward, uh, Chris, to reconnecting at some point after we've gotten you know more dads to engage with, with the group. Well, also on our show today, we have Joe Samlin. I'm really excited to be able to introduce him to you. We talked a little bit in our past interview about the Dads for Gender Equity. You heard uh, Joe Sacedo talk about the importance of gender equity work as well as the racial equity work that he was talking about. And Joe Samlin is actually leading up the effort for the new Dads for Gender Equity group that Fathering Together has started. So, Joe, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Happy to talk about this project and happy to chat with you a bit about the work that we're going to be doing and the, the resource that we hope to be to, to dads everywhere. Now, I know, Joe, that you've been doing gender-based violence prevention work in the nonprofit world for quite some time, but but give me a little bit of the story behind what was important for you to get involved in this work and why it's important for dads to take that stand to step up and be advocates for gender equity. Yeah, all right. Well, that's not too... Too small a question there. You know, it's funny for men, especially that that are interested in issues of gender and gender equity, and, and like me, more specifically focused on different forms of gender violence and trying to prevent them and address them. Why is one of the still the most common and and I think important questions? It's also a bit of a bittersweet question. You know, why do I or you or anyone as a man know about the issue and and care about issues of gender equity and gender violence? Um, it's an important question because the more we understand why individual men or boys or, or people in general care about the issue, the more we can use that to get more people <laughs> involved in and aware of and, and taking action about gender inequity and gender violence. At the same time, it is, it is uh, still a bittersweet question because it still shows that it's not the norm for men and boys that for men and boys, we still don't very often think about this issue, even though these issues affect all of us, including men and boys, everyone of every gender. And so it's an important question, but a bittersweet one. Like a lot of other guys I know and men I know that care about these issues, whether they do something professionally or in a volunteer capacity or just on a daily basis about these issues, I came into my awareness of issues of gender equity and gender violence because I knew and know a lot of women and girls who are affected by it directly. So women in my family who've been affected by everything, child sexual abuse to sexual harassment and street harassment to a wide range of things, including domestic violence and more. And for me, it just hit a series of what I talk about as aha moments for me as a person and as a man, um, where I really just couldn't unsee it anymore. The amount of 
inequity and violence, especially most often, unfortunately, committed by men against women and girls, although we know that's not the only way it happens. And so I think for a lot of guys, uh, that's how we come into an awareness of this issue is we know someone affected by that. And that includes men and boys as well, of course. One thing I'll say about whether we're talking about gender equity or racial equity is it's sometimes hard to have these conversations because we have to kind of hold two seemingly contradictory truths in our heads and hearts at the same time. So we know, for example, that things like domestic violence, sexual violence, pay inequity, et cetera, can happen by anyone to anyone, right? They are kind of identity neutral in that sense. But we also know that very often these types of violence and inequity benefit men at the expense of women and girls, right? So we have to hold kind of both of those things at the same time, which makes it difficult to, to talk about, but it also means that it's everybody's issue. So we all have a stake in addressing it and, and challenging the things we see around us that, that we're not okay with. You know, I think that you're completely right in the sense that the world around us, the world that we see as men may be very different than the way that the world, at the that women see the world, right? As a father to two daughters, I've had to learn that through the years. I've got teenagers now. And, sure. and definitely, as I look at the way that society is portrayed to my daughters in many different ways, the way that in trying to teach my daughters about the way of the world as they get older is definitely almost feels like a monument mental task, right? I guess for people that are interested in learning more about this, this group itself is all about helping fathers to really make them see things in a little bit different way. Yeah. I guess for someone that hasn't entered this group yet, what are they going to see when they enter this group? What is your goal in leading the charge in this group? And what are you hoping that people are going to be taking out of the experience? So I've got my kind of like hidden secret agenda, my personal agenda, which is after 20 plus years of working to help communities engage men and boys more in preventing gender violence in all its forms and gender inequity, the opportunity to tap into just a huge group of men who are intentionally, consciously thinking about these issues, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a dad, what it means to make a better world for our children. That's exciting for me because <laughs> the more folks involved, including men and fathers, then the more that we can get done towards the end of uh, getting rid of gender inequity and gender violence. The ideal goal, I think, for the group is really to be a resource and a place like fathering together in a broader sense. That is a resource, a networking opportunity and more for any fathers that want to learn more about an issue that are challenged by the issue. So it's a space just as much for someone who's like gender inequity, really, that exists, because as a poor white dude and father, you know, single father of three kids, maybe, you know, I've never felt privileged, right? So what is this toxic masculinity, gender privilege thing everyone's talking about? Valid questions for a lot of people. And we, we want to be a space just as much for dads who are kind of questioning that stuff and want to just learn a bit more, even with a skeptical eye, as we are for maybe fathers and, and men who are ready to take action, right, on the other end of the spectrum. Someone who wants to, who sees the world, like you were saying, a bit broader because they have daughters, because they have women in their life, maybe, and they see some of the inequity and the potential harms out there, especially for women and girls, and want to do something about it. And then everything in between. Right. So our, our goal eventually as we ramp up is one to have some education. We're working on finishing our educational units at the moment, 10 core units with a lot more to come past that. I hope optional units as well that just kind of give an introduction to things like gender norms. Right. What does it mean to be a man? What does society say 
it means to be a man or a woman or boy or a girl. And where's the good, the bad and the ugly in that, right? And how do we create space to critically look at some of those messages for ourselves? And then as dads, for our children, especially, and by default, everybody else as well. So we're going to, at the core, it's going to be a space for fathers to come together like father to fathering together in general, but more specifically around the issue of gender inequity and what that means to us as fathers and men, et cetera. But also we hope that it's going to be a space eventually for us to take action, to take coordinated action online and offline to address specific types of gender inequity. And that can look like a lot of different things. We have a ton of ideas. We're ready to get going online campaigns and more where dads can really step up and take leadership in addressing some of these issues. So we're kind of excited to see where it goes. And, and hopefully a lot of it's going to come from what the fathers want themselves. If it really needs to be a space for a while for dads to really hash some of this out in a safer space where we can question stuff and kind of like look skeptically at stuff, that's fine. And for those, again, those folks who are a step ahead maybe and, and are ready to take action will we'll be a space for that too. Always. So it sounds like for, let's say, the, the dad that is out there that says, I don't know if this is really my job that this is still the space for them as well as for the dad that says, oh my gosh, uh, I've got two daughters. I've got to be a part of this. I want the world to be a better place for my daughters. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. We're not here to brainwash anybody. We're not here to turn all dads everywhere into feminist social justice warriors. Although I'll be upfront and own it. I'd love to see that, but that's me. This is basically a space for guys who might be thinking that Gender inequity is an issue. It's a problem, whether that's pay inequity, whether that's healthcare related stuff, whether that's gender mixed with race, mixed with sexual orientation, mixed with immigration status and other issues as well. We're not saying that gender inequity is necessarily objectively a more serious issue than any other types of inequity, but we are saying they are all connected. And another key piece of this too is that a lot of the issues that play a factor in living in a gender equitable or inequitable world also affect us as men. Even if we tend to, as a whole, guys, come out on top in terms of questions of gender equity as a whole. Not all men are equally privileged by things like sexism and patriarchy, but as a whole, as a group, and that's really what we're talking about in the bigger picture, um, men do tend to have as a group certain privileges that aren't afforded to women, to trans folks, and other folks as well. And so with that concept, some of the reasons that these inequities exist involve things like gender roles and gender norms, which when rigidly enforced can also do huge amounts of damage to men individually and as a whole, right? When we talk about what it means to be a man, what society says it means to be a man, right? What the mainstream messages are about masculinity, about fatherhood and masculinity, we see things like, you know, real men don't have emotions, real men don't get emotional, Real men don't take care of ourselves. We're risky. We're risk takers. We always have to be in control. We always have to be right. That's a lot of freaking pressure. That's not an easy thing to live up to. And I'm not necessarily going to tell any man that they're wrong for trying to be that way. But all we're trying to do is, for example, create some space for us to at least look critically at some of those messages, for example, with gender norms, and say, hey, it might benefit everybody involved <laughs> if we looked at these and, and decided which things we like as individuals and as a group and which things we might want to rethink and replace with something else. So that's just one example of why it's not only towards the end of creating more equitable space for women and girls, but in doing that, we're also going to create more space for men and especially fathers in this context 
to be full human beings, to be happier, to be more content, to be truly more authentically who the heck we want to be in our lives. So, so hopefully that also is going to be a little, a little piece of uh, why some men come to the to space and, and connect with some of the resources and people within the gender equity group. Well, it sounds like a great resource, and I applaud you and everybody else on the leadership team that are working hard to make this a reality. Uh, as someone that has gone through the curriculum up to date, it is a powerful curriculum. It does make you think critically about where you are currently and right. where you might end up being. I'm not going to say it's where you will end up being. It's just <laughs> the curriculum allows yeah. for you to just think about things in a different way. Exactly. And well, that's great to hear. That's how that's how we are trying to design it. Like I said, it's not about brainwashing people. It's about asking questions. The other side of that that does remain important, though, is the more you think about this stuff, the more we ask that you really think about what it means to be accountable to some of the issues that we bring up in the group and in the curriculum. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, you know, questioning questioning things like gender and gender norms and gender equity and what it means to be a man and a father. It's not easy stuff always. Uh, we think it leads to overall imbalance, positive outcomes, but it can be really difficult stuff, which is another reason we want folks to see this space as a resource in that context. You know, it is really important to be able to, to have those resources at your fingertips. And I just, I challenge you to go to the group and go through some of these videos and check it out. You might find that you don't want to go through all of the videos, but I challenge you to go through the videos. Listen and reflect for yourself on seeing where you're at. You might not agree with one thing that Joe is talking about in the videos that are out there, and that's okay, but it may also start to make you think about what are you doing to be able to make the world a better place for your own child. And as a father to two daughters, I've said this before, but as a father to two daughters, who better to be an advocate for women? Because if you have daughters yourself, you need to be able to say, I'm standing up for a future for my daughters that is going to be better than the world that they're in right now. And by advocating and being someone that is looking at gender equity and looking at what you can do to be able to make the world a better place, you're going to make their world a better place. So Joe, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. I will put a link in the notes today for you to be able to click on to find out more about the Dads for Gender Equity group. And Joe, I look forward to seeing all of the great things that are going to come out of this group. So do I. No, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to focus on this as a resource and excited as heck. It's going to be as strong, as powerful, and as as uh, outwardly facing and reaching and effective as as the members in it. So looking forward to get people getting involved, telling us what kind of space they want and need and how we can best support them moving forward to challenge gender inequity and, like you said, make a better place for everybody. So thank you very much. Talk soon. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step -step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today.
Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be